a few of his phrases I caught. Our original principles are all right. What this country requires is a return to fundamental American methods, free opportunity for all, the spirit of liberty in which this nation was born. Let us return to the principles of our forefathers. When he says free opportunity for all, he means free opportunity to squeeze profits, which freedom of opportunity is now denied him by the great trusts. And the absurd thing about it is that you have repeated these phrases so often that you believe them. You want opportunity to plunder your fellow men in your own small way, but you hypnotize yourself into thinking you want freedom. You are piggish and acquisitive. But the magic of your phrases leads you to believe that you are patriotic. Your desire for profits, which is sheer selfishness, you metamorphose into altruistic solicitude for suffering humanity. Come on now, right here amongst ourselves, and be honest for once. Look the matter in the face and state it in direct terms. There were flushed and angry faces at the table, and withal a measure of awe. They were a little frightened at this smooth-faced young fellow and the swing and smash of his words and his dreadful trait of calling a spade a spade. Mr. Calvin promptly replied. And why not? he demanded. Why can we not return to ways of our fathers when this republic was founded? You have spoken much truth, Mr. Everard, unpalatable though it has been. But here amongst ourselves, let us speak out. Let us throw off all disguise and accept the truth as Mr. Everard has flatly stated it. It is true that we smaller capitalists are after profits and that the trusts are taking our profits away from us. It is true that we want to destroy the trusts in order that our profit may remain to us. And why can we not do it? Why not? I say, why not? Ah, now we come to the gist of the matter, Ernest said with a pleased expression. I'll try to tell you why not, though the telling will be rather hard. You see, you fellows have studied business in a small way, but you have not studied social evolution at all. You are in the midst of a transition stage now in economic evolution, but you do not understand it, and that's what causes all the confusion. Why cannot you return? Because you can't. You can no more make water run uphill than you can cause the tide of economic evolution to flow back in its channel along the way it came. Joshua made the sun stand still upon Gibeon. But you would outdo Joshua. You would make the sun go backward in the sky. You would have time retrace its steps from noon to morning. In the face of labor-saving machinery, of organized production, of the increased efficiency of combination, you would set the economic sun back a whole generation or so to the time when there were no great capitalists, no great machinery, no railroads, a time when a host of little capitalists warred with each other in economic anarchy, and when production was primitive, 
wasteful, unorganized, and costly. Believe me, Joshua's task was easier, and he had Jehovah to help him. But God has forsaken you small capitalists. The sun of the small capitalists is setting. It will never rise again, nor is it in your power even to make it stand still. You are perishing, and you are doomed to perish utterly from the face of society. That is the fiat of evolution. It is the word of God. Combination is stronger than competition. Primitive man was a puny creature hiding in the crevices of the rocks. He combined and made war upon his carnivorous enemies. They were competitive beasts. Primitive man was a competitive beast, and because of it, he rose to primacy over all the animals.